Welcome to this edition of Political Update here on Atlanta News First. I'm Tim Darnell, and we are talking summer food assistance programs throughout the state of Georgia. Now, earlier this month, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp announced that Georgia would not be participating in a federally federal government program called the Summer Food Service Program and an, an affiliate offshoot of that, the Summer Electronic Benefit Transfer or EBT for children. Now, this is a federally funded program that is uh, administered by the state and state operators are reimbursed for no-cost meals and snacks to children and teens in low-income communities throughout the nation. Now, uh, as I said, these snacks and meals served during the summer, presumably during uh, the summer months when kids are out of school and don't have access to school lunches and breakfast. These are, are served at sites in low-income communities. Now, Governor Kent's office noted that instead of participating in this federal program, that the state of Georgia would continue to administer its own program, which it calls Seamless Summer. Now, a spokesman, spokesperson for Governor Kemp uh, said that the Georgia program more adequately addresses the needs and nutritional aspects of, of Georgia's children in low-income communities. And this is a story that really resonated with a lot of our viewers and readers. When we published it, we were, well, I wasn't really expecting a lot of interest, but there's been a lot of interest in, from our viewers and from readers in the fact on Atlanta News First that Georgia is not going to participate in this federally administered or federally reimbursed or funded summer food assistance program for kids in low-income communities. And I'm joined today by Kelsey Sylvia. Now, she is a senior policy analyst at Voices for Ch Georgia's Children. And I'm, I'm wondering what your impression is, your, your organization as evidenced by its title is an advocacy group for children in Georgia. What's your organization's reaction to this announcement that was made uh, just shortly after the first of the year uh, here in 2024 by Governor Kemp? We were disappointed not to hear that we would be participating in it in 2024. But the state does participate in helping hands, like the governor said. So um, I'm sorry, not helping hands, happy helpings. And that is a summer food program where they provide the meals and snacks and things like that at summer sites. So the governor's decision not to participate in the additional funds for 40 plus dollars or $40 a month for each child over the summer months was disappointing because that could really be a supplement for um, a child in those summer months when we know that hunger is higher um, and we know that a lot of those children who are participating during the school year 
in the school lunch program are not always getting a consistent nutritious meal during the summer. So um, it was hard to hear, but we're excited, hopefully, for the potential in 2025. And we do know that a lot of community partners across the state are working hard to feed children um, through Happy Helpings and a bunch of other summer feeding programs. Now, tell us how this federally funded program would work. We were trying to, you know, explain it clearly and concisely to our audience, but there's a lot of terms like electronic benefits transfer that a lot of folks, including myself, are not familiar with. Tell us how the whole federal program would work. If your audience is familiar with the pandemic EBT program, it's similar to that. So children would, the students who were eligible, would get a certain amount of funding. $40 per student per month during the summer. Kelsey, and if I could, if mm-hmm. I could interrupt, can you go back and start that? Over again, our, our internet connection kind yeah. of comes up. So let's just think that from the very beginning. Yeah. If your audience is familiar with pandemic EBT, it's a similar structure. So students who are eligible for summer EBT would be getting $40 per month per student during those summer months. And that those funds would be able to be used for food and nutrition items and it would be a way to um, supplement kind of grocery costs and things like that, which we know are higher during the summer since those kids are at home rather than at school during the day. Are you confident in Georgia's summer food assistance program that it can meet the demand that may be coming in 2024? I think that they're working really hard. I think it's not just Georgia who will struggle this summer. I think that nationally we know that summer hunger is high for every state. Um, So while we have, you know, a thousand programs across the state who are working in the food program space for kids, um, it never hurts to have a little extra support. And um we have our great food banks and, and different resources in this area, but um, I don't know that I don't know that it's always great to turn away the opportunity to 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 give more benefit to kids. You mentioned helping hands. How does that program work? So I misspoke. It's uh, Happy Helpings, but happy it helping. is yeah. I'm sorry about that. It is our summer food service program. So uh, it's the way that Georgia has branded it, and it is the feeding sites that you mentioned earlier. So uh, it is Georgia's branding on it. We have sites across the state that have opted in and participating, and these sites these sites go through different guidelines, and they meet some USDA regulations, and they serve meals and snacks to children uh, during the summer months. And then the summer EBT would have kind of been a supplement to um, the food resources that these kids and other kids would have gotten. Um, Happy Hands, Happy Happy Helpings specifically serves children uh, zero to eighteen who show up at their sites um, and provide they provide meals to them and snacks. 
Now, where, what kind of sites are these meals administered from? Are there churches, community centers, rec centers? Where, where are these meals? All of the above. Um, so all of those community partners play a really big role in serving um, food to children uh, after school programs do that as well. You mentioned Seamless Summer, and that is a bunch of school programs who were participating in the school lunch program. And it's kind of an expedited application where those sites who served lunch can now serve these summer meals. So also schools are able to do it. Um, it's a variety of different programs and organizations who meet these, who are able to meet these qualifications to serve a meal site. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a structured cafeteria where you would think that you have to go for food. You can go to a church facility that might be eligible um, or another community partner where there's an event happening or something and they're eligible. So you can actually go online and they have some ways that you can search for these sites. There's a number that you can text and it'll tell you if the site's around you. Uh, are doing a summer feeding program. So they have a lot of great ways to find summer feeding resources in your area um, through uh, Happy Helpings. Why is there such a need for these kind of programs during the summer? I mentioned a little bit earlier, but the first is grocery costs go up in the summer, right? Because more kids are staying at home um, when they would originally be at school during the school year, uh, accessing meals and snacks. Um, I think also another reason is that um, the access to get to some summer meal sites is is hindering people from being able to to kind of build their their meal or snack out completely. Um, whenever you're home, there's different resources that are being used aside from grocery costs um, that your family might be spending on for other utilities and things like that. Um, so I think it kind of has to go with the shift in schedule um, and a shift in sort of what maybe some utilities are being served and are being utilized and things like that, too. What are some of the nutritional com components that you've seen that are distributed? Are we talking, you know, cold cereal, milk, juice, hamburgers, hot dogs? What kind of meals are served at these low-income community center sites? So the summer feeding sites follow a strict guideline. They follow the USDA's dietary guidelines. So they have um, a certain uh, regulation they have to follow for types of drinks to serve. So how much milk, what type of milk to certain age groups, depending on um, depending on their, their growth and development. Uh, what their protein looks like, um, what their vegetable intake looks like, the salt included in the food, the sugar included in the food, things like that. They follow a structure um, and their meals and things like that are go through an approval and reimbursement process. So they're they're very monitored um, for, for the reimbursement to be approved. So we're not talking container chips and junk food and candy or things like that. We're talking very nutritionally solid items in my point. Yes, the uh, meals provided follow the guidelines. Um, for summer EBT and uh, some other food benefits, that is an opportunity for the families to kind of have autonomy in foods that they buy for their household. Um, so there is um, there's a variety of ways that households can kind of meet their foods, food needs depending on what resource they're using.
you mentioned that you're hopeful for 2025. Um, you know, obviously we are all aware of the nation's political climate. Governor Kemp is not a, a fan of federal programs, especially under this current administration. Why do you think that 2025 or beyond is going to be any different than 2024? I think the state has shown a really big commitment to child hunger, um, especially in the school food space. So they participated in all of the allowable pandemic EBT opportunities. Um, Department of Education is now participating in um, a streamlining process where they're using some available data to help enroll children in the school lunch program, which is really big. And it could be the pandemic, but it could be that they were looking at these things before the pandemic and it kind of brought light to hunger among children and it kind of quickened their timeline. But there are a few things in the school food space that give me um, a lot of confidence that the state is really prioritizing um, hunger among children, and I'm and I'm hopeful that they continue to do so. And some things that they've done recently have have proven that. We're wrapping up our conversation on summer food assistance programs with Kelsey Silvio. She is a senior policy analyst for Voices for Georgia's Children. Final thought: If there's one item, one thing that you would like our audience to know about this particular issue, what would it be? I think it's important to know the impact that hunger has on children, not just in the immediate, but long term. Um, and I think it affects, you know, their behaviors, their mental health, and really their overall well-being, um, not just kind of in the immediate six months or so, but really long term um, as they grow into early adolescent and young adulthood. And that's something that we're working really hard um, to support those children and families in. It's an issue we will continue to follow here at Atlanta News First, thanks to Kelsey Silvio, Senior Policy Analyst for Voices for Georgia's Children. Did I get that correct? Yes, I did. Voices for Georgia's Children. Thanks all of you for watching and listening to this edition of Political Update here on Atlanta News First and atlantanewsfirst.com.